Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. USA! USA! Shot clock turned off. Calvary. Hall. Eight to shoot. Hall. The runner! Loose ball! It's good! Williams Goss comes out of the pack. Matthews for three. Oh, my goodness! Morrison. Six. It's time for Zag Hoop Talk with Jack and Zach on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, wow. Here's Jack Ferris. They found mold in my apartment. And Rob Zachary. All I was thinking about is, like, how do you know what things to use to wipe? Believe in the Zags. He's Rob Zachary. I'm Jack Ferris. Zags are number one. I... In Andy Katz's poll. That's Andy Katz. I'll take his. He's longtime lover, Andy Katz. Gotta love him. Hey, is here's a question, because I'm pretty good at basketball. Did Andy Katz play? No. Well, well, Steve at least Stephen A. Smith played. Yeah, I do remember there was one, maybe it was like my sophomore year, I think Washington State was in the kennel, so your yep. freshman year. Yep, yep, they did. And Andy Katz was there, so it was, you know, kind of a big deal. Like, that's still when That's Gonzaga when Washington was... State was really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kyle Weaver, Derek Lowe, uh, that big Australian, Emmer Effer. Mm-hmm. And Andy, you guys were doing the uh, half-court shots, which, you know, if you don't know, before every Gonzaga game after shoot-around, everyone shoots two yep. half-court shots. Have you ever hit both, the daily double? I'm, you know what? I one year I couldn't make one, and I all had season, it, all season, and then all of a sudden I think I had a daily double. It was just like that day. Hey, when you're feeling those half court shots, you're feeling it. One hundred percent. Anyway, Andy Katz, I remember because I was work, I was doing something for media for that game, so I was sitting in on it, and Andy Katz tried one, and it was the most unathletic display of athleticism I've ever seen really? in my entire life. Yeah, it was tough to watch. Everyone was like, yeah, Andy, and he's in the suit and tie, and he runs over, and then he like lets it go, and everyone's like, eh, ooh. He didn't even come close. So, yeah, so, no, he's, he's, a, he's a NARP, my friend. You took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, big-time NARP. You took the words. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you. You being a NARP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. You being a NARP. Do, I, do we, like, speak a, a language together? Do we, yeah. Like, like, we understand how each is other? It, how, what is it being a NARP and being able to, like, criticize a, another profession? Or, well, or like, a, Rob, that's a great question. And we can, uh, we can table it for one of the biggest NARPs in Spokane media. Oh. Greg Heister is joining us today. Nice. You have the look on your face like, is he actually joining us? Yeah, no, I was like, wait, is, <laughs> is this really going to happen? Oh, I thought you were going to start naming Spokane Media NARPs, of which there are, there are many. Oh, well, I'm just, I'm just curious because I feel like now I'm thinking about this. As a basketball player, I think it would be easy to, okay, you know, address basketball players and what they do right and what they don't do right. But if you've never really played, I don't okay, know, even okay. at a college Here, level, even I, at a college, like that's where Stephen A. Smith, I give him credit. He played at a D2 or 3 school, but he did play at the next level. I totally understand that argument. And for the most part, I'm pretty sympathetic when it comes to athletes. And, you know, I, I, I lay yeah. out for their opinions. And mm-hmm. I, I val- obviously I value your basketball opinion. Okay, but let's say you like movies, right? I love movies. Can you tell the difference between a good movie and a bad movie? Yeah, first five minutes. How? You're not an actor. You're not a director. You've never made a movie. How can you tell? How do you know? I was invited to the improv in high school. (laughs) So, I mean, that's my argument. That's my argument. That's fair. That's fair. If you've never played, how do you know? Like, I I can tell if you're a good shooter. I can tell if you're not a good shooter. 
you know, I may not know how much work you're putting into it. I may not know like the settle. Like, I, I may not see. Oh, you know, when you see a bad player. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. You, you know, when I, you see a bad movie. I, yeah. I feel like I know when a player is not giving it 110%. Okay. That's fair. Then uh, that's why I'm asking. I wanted to know from your perspective, a NARP perspective. Yeah. All right, time to meet to do some NARP duties here. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. You know who's not a NARP? Rob, Who? Who? Is Tyler Hero. Did you watch Man. the game last night? No, I did not. Uh, 37 points from the 20-year-old who uh, doesn't even start for the Heat. And all postseason long on betonline.ag, I've been betting his point total over. And it's usually right around like like 14.5, 15 points. Obviously, he more than doubled it last night. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention. I think I was actually sleeping like 30 minutes prior to the game and into the first quarter. So I missed my bet last night. I missed my Tyler Hero bet last night. What? You never, ever, listeners, ever miss a Tyler Hero points over bet again. Although I'm sure for game five, it's going to be something ridiculous. It's going to be like like 23 points. But anyway, betonline.ag from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online and there was always the online casino as well it never closes so rob what do you got to do bet you got to head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses again that's betonline.ag sign up today bet online your online sportsbook experts now my zoom here tells me we are joined by one of the all-time greats one of the all-time spokane no media greats that's right he really did show up. Greg <laughs> Heister's iPhone is with us. He really that that actually terrifies me. I uh, wonder if we phone, if we just get the his laugh. phone and just yeah, it's his phone and just Greg Heister's iPhone. Like, can you see me? We cannot see you. Oh, what? We no, cannot I, see you. What the? Are you wearing? Are you that wearing? Terrifies a shirt? me. I can't see you, Greg. And mm -hmm. you just are walking around with this phone. Who knows where you're at? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm actually sitting outside on this beautiful day. Why why the heck can't you see me? I don't know. Yeah, Lord's good graces. That's good. why. Greg, oh. are you are you oh, oh here, there, we here we are. Look at this guy. Whoa. Yeah. Mountain man. Are you are you <laughs> are you feet in a river right now? No, no, no. I'm into my backyard. Oh, oh. is that, is that your dog? Yeah. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> I thought, that was a, I thought that it's was a, a photo I bear. took last week. I took that photo last week. What now, Greg Heister, Captain Outdoors, what kind of bear is that? That is an Alaskan brown bear. Okay. Cap my National Park. Okay. Yeah. What's, what's the least intimidating kind of bear? <laughs> a dead one. <laughs> yeah, that's the only kind that's uh, not intimidating. You don't want to mess with those guys. That, that bear right there is probably... Uh, it's over a thousand pounds. What's the the grizzly bear is the biggest bear, right? Kodiak, uh, right? The polar bear is bigger than a Kodiak brown bear. Polar but bear. these guys, these guys in Katmai are pretty big too because they uh, they eat salmon, so they have a lot of fat on them. Their bellies are big. They're not much different than the Kodiak brown bear. And really, you know, it's just water that separates these bears genetically. I don't think they're any different than those bears that are on Kodiak. Now, yeah, it's Kodiak is an island just off of Alaska, correct? Correct. And then that's... Are you in a, camouflage? You're in camouflage. How can you see? How can you tell? I know. I, what's it say? I can't read it. It says bet on yourself. Oh, bet. yeah, that's a good slogan for you. You've been doing, <laughs> you've been doing that all your life. I wish, I wish our listeners could see Greg Heister right now stroke his chin as he's talking about bear genetics i gotta tell you i gotta tell you rob wouldn't you agree greg heister looks incredible right now i was gonna actually say i i like this little goatee thing you got going on oh you do it's awfully white though no but it's the silver fox look is that what it is yeah. i love the salad your hair is on points today look at it it's lofty <laughs> yeah well i'm just you know i'm just trying to beat back jack the there's a lot of people think that that's a piece. It, oh, okay. 
Oh, you, you have know, the Trump problem. You have the Trump yeah, problem right there. I really do, but it really isn't. That gets legit. I got legit. I got to tell you, Greg. If it was a piece, it would be a bad piece. But because it's real hair, it's wonderful hair. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, it does. I think I think I can warp my brain around that one. Yes. It absolutely does. What yeah. has before we get into uh, the wonderful career of uh, of Greg Heister? What is what does COVID look like for you? Uh, Groundhog's Day. Yeah. You know, yep. you just got, um, it would just what a absolutely strange, bizarre time that we are in with all of this. And, you know, I, I just, part of me just doesn't know how to act, you know, and, uh, with everything else wrapped around it, it's, I don't know, there'll be books written about this era and, I think that the children and the kids that are growing up uh, right now will remember these days for the rest of their lives. And, and this is something that will, will be talked about in history books for, you know, infinity. So I, I, don't, I don't even know what to think about it anymore. I just know it's real. And I, I know there's a whole group of people in this country, in this world that are extremely vulnerable to this thing and that we all have to do what we have to do to make sure that they don't get it. So here we sit and, um, it is what it is, you know, and, and Jack, so I don't know if you know this, but you know, I suffered from Lyme disease. It kind of screwed up a decade of my life. And so I I've had an infection that has, uh, done a lot of damage, uh, for a long time. So I understand the fear of all of that. And, uh, it's just something I think that we all have to deal with as best as we can. Wow. I didn't realize that. How old were you with the Lyme disease? What, what decade was screwed up? Uh, my 40s, right? So I'm just barely 50 now. So most of my 40s, I got, I got bit, and uh, geez, uh, front front side of my corneas came off. I had early onset dementia, kidney, liver, heart disease, connective tissue disease, a lot of things that went on. So I battled that uh, for, geez, almost a decade. So it was uh, a, a wicked time, and uh, you know things have all passed things are good today so I, I just you know i've never had covid and i uh i don't think i fear getting covid but there are some cases out there where the the symptoms seem to be lingering and so that's very much what lyme disease is like so Oof. i don't well, know greg heister is an interesting man i gotta ask you this where don't, don't <laughs> laugh that wasn't a joke greg no, I was going to add a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> now here it comes. I couldn't hold myself back, Greg. Okay, all right. Did you call games when your eyes were hurting? Yeah. When you had early onset dementia, you were calling Gonzaga basketball games? I was. Oh, yes, that makes sense. That's why you said those calls on me. <laughs> that makes complete it totally, sense. It totally does. It does, doesn't it, Sam? Oh. Well. <laughs> You're Sam Dower, right? You're right, right. <laughs> let's get right. Let's get right into it, Greg. What? Oh. Uh, what? First of all, how long have you been in in Spokane doing uh, doing sports for six? Uh, I moved here in '97. Uh, did did sports for three years. Went away for I don't know ten months. Came back and did news, and that's when the Gonzaga package started for me. So. This would have been my 20th season doing games. Yikes. Wow. wow. Yeah. Long time. So what yeah, was a your, lot of uh, players. What was your first season? <laughs> it would have been Dickow's senior year, his All-American year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we – you know, I did radio too. We simulcasted all the games on radio and television. And uh, when I was at home, I had a partner. When I was on the road, we, we, uh, I did it alone. So it was quite an experience. And then I think most Zag fans recognize you from, uh, obviously, or know you, I should say, from the Mark Few show. Oh, yeah. When, when was the birth of the Mark Few show? Oh, that, you know, I don't know. If it's, it's been 10 years now, I think. Oh, I think I it's been long. That was going on when I was in college. And I, yeah. I, oh, it was? Was it freshman, longer? Yeah. My freshman yeah. year was 06. So you're yeah. looking at 15 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's been going on. Yeah, darn, I'm getting old. But uh, it's really crazy how fast these years are going by. Yeah. And you you guys, uh, you know, it, it's crazy because it seems like exponentially 
every decade that goes by, it just goes faster and faster and faster. So you guys aren't quite on the slide yet, but you're close. Yeah, I'm but just, it, by, by it's your been. Man, uh, I, I still have ten years before I have that early onset dementia. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> Trust me, it's coming. I, I do want to point out. I do want to point out that that everything is healed from Lyme disease, and so. Uh, you know, my brain functions today as well as it ever has everything else. You know, I had six surgeries on one of my eyes, I had two on the other one. Uh, and so, you know, everything is functional today. And so, you know, for anybody that hears this and they know anybody, cause it is a, you know, I, I kind of laugh about this pandemic that we're in because Lyme disease has been an epidemic in this country for 30 years. There's a lot more people that, that have it, that don't realize they have it. But you can heal from it, and you can get beyond it. So, uh, not to bring us back to a serious note, but uh, no, you know, is it just based on ticks? Is that it? Well, so Rob, you know that's what the the mainstream CDC will tell you that mainly it's from deer ticks, but any biting insect can carry it. So, you know, if a mosquito can carry malaria or West Nile or yellow fever, it can certainly carry Lyme disease. So, and so it's now also I can't go outside my house. You're telling me nope. not to go outside my house for nope. no, no. Me. Can't go it's to stores very, now. I can't go very, outside. It's very treatable in the early stages. You know, my issue was is that I got bit by, by something uh, here on the South Hill. And, you know, I was climbing peaks at the time and, and that was in world-class condition. And my life just completely crashed physically. And, uh, and so if you get it early, it's really not a big deal. It's just that when it is allowed to live in your body for, for years before you get it treated, then it can be a big issue. So uh, you can heal. My body's healed. I feel good. Do you have PTSD every time you hear someone say TikTok? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to bring it back. <laughs> is, I'm sorry. Is this, is I'm this sorry. like... Is this like practice for him? Is that what he's using? Like, is this? What? No, because you brought up the line. I know he's going to settle back. He's not going to give you as many jokes. No, oh, no, no. Okay. Now he, he has some sympathy for you. He wasn't going to. I was, no, I was holding good, him back. Now he has some sympathy yes. for you. Yeah, yeah, that is, yeah. That was a good yeah. strategy by Greg. My dad's actually a microbiologist. Okay. So Lyme disease is a common uh, topic of conversation in my house. I understand zero of it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And there's a lot of controversy with it, Jack. There's a lot of people that are not going to believe anything that I just said about it. But, you know, as God is my witness, I can just sit here and tell you that, you know, a lot of women died of breast cancer before they figured it out that, you know, a cancer can live in a woman's breast. And it's, I don't think it's any different than Lyme disease. There's a lot of people suffering from this thing that have been diagnosed with MS or Parkinson's or a lot of other different um, ailments that that have Lyme disease and that they haven't gotten to the right diagnosis and may never will because the mainstream is not caught up to you wow. know the people that have committed their lives to, to treating and and studying it so so has, your, it has it changed your life at all now or are you you back to back to Greg of the late 30s well I, you know I um, I'm a lot more aware now I'm probably not as reckless now uh, aren't we all uh, yeah and so um yeah I, you know but i you know i've spent the last few years i've spent a lot of time in the amazon you know uh, i spent a lot of time in alaska so you know insects have been bit so you know you just have to walk through it listen our, our time here is finite and, and we're all gonna go with something so you can't quit living and so uh, I, don't, I don't think it's any different with this this covid thing is that you know, uh, if you are in a vulnerable age bracket, I think that you have to you have to stay home and you have to do whatever you can do. And I think for younger people that aren't as vulnerable, I just think that you have to be respectful to that, live your life, but do what you have to do to make sure that you're not spreading things. It right is on. what it is. So you've yeah. conquered Lyme disease. And for the most part, you've also conquered the hard media shell that exists around Mark Few. Right? I got to say, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've never told this story on the pod. The first question I ever asked Coach Few as a member of the Spokane media, and, you know, you go back in the, uh, that tight little hallway and there's seven or eight media people shoulder to shoulder and Few comes in and everyone's silent and everyone, you know, gets their lighting, right? And he goes, yep, okay, good to go. And then inevitably someone, it's like me, Henderson goes, uh, coach thoughts on the game. And he gives you like two sentences and then it's up to you to ask questions. And I remember thinking like, all right, I'm going to, 
it's my first day on the job. I'm going to ask a question. I was go, hey, coach, uh, you know, Rui had a pretty productive uh, eight minutes or so. How, how big was that for his confidence? And without making eye contact with me, he goes, you know that fuke. Yeah, uh, you'll, have to ask, you'll have to ask Rui. Like next. And I was like, okay, I better bring it next time. Yeah, so I, I think that that's, that's happened with all of us. But, you know, I, I just think that, uh, you know, you, you catch him in a moment. And he's a – and Rob can tell you this. Like, there's no greater competitive in that – competitive person or human in that program. And so it takes him a while to come down. Like, when we shoot the, the Mark Few show, he doesn't show up to shoot it for an hour and a half, sometimes two hours after the game. And I just think that he's got to come down from it and mm-hmm. and get out of his, uh, you know, because we've all seen him talk to the officials. I don't think it's any different. And, mm-hmm. and I don't think, you know, dealing with the media is his favorite thing. So, uh, you know, I've, I've learned to adjust to it over the years. And, you know, and, and uh, but I see it from a fishing. Like, he's the most competitive guy when we're out there on the river. And, and uh, he is he is who he is. And he's a... He's a beautiful human. Does it make you feel better when you kick his ass fly fishing? <laughs> well, he would probably tell you that's never happened. Um, but I, I will tell you this. I remember, and this, this is insight into him. We're up in Alaska on the Naknak River, and I put him through the run first, and I go in behind him. This is a really hard, deep running river, and I throw a fly out there and swing it down, and right near his feet, big fish eats it. I landed, it's like a 27 or 28-inch trout, get photographs. I go back in the water. He hasn't caught a fish yet, by the way. I throw a fly out there, and again, right at his feet, like the fly swings around, and it's right at his feet, and a 31-inch trout hits it. And get photos, and I go over and I sit down on the bank, and he turns around and he starts screaming at me like, what, like, Heister, what are you doing? And uh, I just said, look, I just caught a 27 and a 31. Like, the day's not going to get any better. And mm-hmm. he's like, the hell, it, the hell it won't. You can catch 10 of those, mm-hmm. right? right? So highly competitive, <laughs> highly competitive guy. So, like, he's that way when he fishes. And, you know, we joke all the time because we have another guy in the group named Bob McConkie. I think Rob knows him, Jackie May, but he's with DAA Auto out in, in the Airway Heights there. Like he, they're both numbers guys, and so they're one hundred percent about stacking the cordwood, man. And and so when we're fishing, they're they're counting and stuff. So, uh, he, you know, I think that that these things are what make has made him so good over the years. I think that he is as filled with desire to win and to prove that he can do it at Gonzaga today as he's ever been in his in his life. And I think that's why he's so good. And uh, I appreciate being around him. But he's like, it's good stuff. It's taught me a lot and certainly thickened my skin. Absolutely. Was there, was there one Mark Fuchsia in particular where he was open with you and you thought to yourself, are we, are we best friends now? Are we buddies? Because <laughs> you, you referred to him as – because, look, you mentioned that time in the Slim Jim where he undressed yeah. you. And now, obviously, yeah. you, you, he's one of your best buds. You said that, too. So yeah. there had to have been a moment where you were like, wow, we've, we've really broken through here. No, you know, uh, honestly, between you and I, like, he has gotten so crafty with that few show. It, he and I have never talked about this, but if you watch that opening segment, I might get two questions in, right? So I'll ask a question, and he'll just go, 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 mm-hmm. look he at the watch, go, 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 go. I'll get another question, then he'll just go, 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 go. Okay, that's all the time we have for this segment. We'll be right back. <clears throat> so he, he's gotten masterful at controlling the narrative with that, with that show so uh you know he is um <clears throat> there's been a, a few times over the years where i think that he's you know kind of opened up and and about different things you know he's he's really about his family he really loves that program and and some of the people around it and stuff so when when we go there when we get off the basketball topic and that was the one of the first things when he and I started fishing together way back when, uh, you know, that was one of the deals that he and I, I remember the day we were in his truck driving and he just said, look, if we're going to fish together, the one thing I don't want to do is be talking about basketball all the time out here. I'm like, I totally get it. Cause I don't want to talk about it either. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and, and Jack, that was the other thing too. Like, you know, over the years when I used to do sports for KHQ, uh, 
you know, way back when, like there was, I really didn't like it because, you know, every year at, at, at March, there were schools coming after them. And, and as, as a person who worked in the newsroom, there was pressure all the time to scoop people and to beat people. And so I had bosses coming to me and like, is he going, is he going, call him, call him, call him. And, I'm like, look, this is kind of a conflict of interest. I don't really, this isn't my thing anymore. And so uh, I, that was one of the, the, the big reasons when I left television full time that I didn't really, didn't bother me at all because I didn't want to be in those positions anymore. I, you know, my deal in television always was not to beat people, but to do it better. So I never really fit the whole immediacy thing. I wouldn't be good you didn't today. Fit the, just the media? Or just, no. or, or just no. in general. No, Rob, I'm think. sorry. Did we, did we wake you up? I'm sorry. Oh, oh. <laughs> here we go. Yeah, that's not what I just said, but um, <laughs> no. Uh, that, that time you're referring to when uh, there was a lot of will he, won't he uh, leave Spokane. I think it's safe to say Few is going to wrap up his career at this point in Spokane, Washington. That being said, and I, you've got a look on your face like, oh, I wouldn't be so sure. That being said, and I think it was when Rob was playing back in the uh, late 2000s, you know, into 2010, 2011, 2012, there were schools like uh, Florida that might have been calling, Oregon for sure. Did you know things that you were sitting on that you can tell well, us now? Do you have any stories that you can tell us now? Jack, we were <clears> – <throat> We were um, just putting on the river uh, over at the Big Hole, which is over near Dillon, Montana. Oh, we refer – the Big Hole something else on this show. <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh, God. I didn't know you guys had that kind of yeah. relationship. Okay. But, uh, no um, – yeah, no, there, there have been a lot of those. But I, we, I remember that one specifically in, in Florida calling where I, we couldn't put on the river and go fishing until he was done with the conversation. And it was a ton of money. This is when Billy Donovan left, and, um, you know, Fuey was the guy that they wanted. I, I know that he had, you know, Oregon really wanted him bad. I know that that, that was – and I think the, the one job that tortured him most was the Arizona job. But he just didn't want to leave and, and follow a legend down there in Lute Olson. And, uh, and there, there's been a few others. I know back in the early days, South Carolina came at him with an enormous amount of money. Uh, A&M came after him with an, an enormous amount of money. Indiana was there. I mean, there's, there's just been so many offers over the years that uh, I don't think everybody knew about. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's he, – he has turned down, you know, a lot to stay here. I mean, it's – I know everybody kind of tips their cap to him these days and they appreciate his loyalty, but I don't know if they understand the, the level of, of – uh, temptation that there was uh you know over those years so and and i you know will he finish out at gonzaga i think if he remains a college coach the rest of his career he'll finish out at gonzaga but Ooh. i think that if oh, the nba okay. ever came if the nba ever came calling i think that there's a possibility of that stuff but um I think that he's pretty content and, and with these, you know, the way the recruiting is working now and the level of player that just seems to be on a treadmill walking into this program. I mean, I, I think that he's pretty settled. Toughest Gonzaga player name to announce in your career. Oh, you know, though, like I'm probably the worst guy to ask that because I I've always gotten into the, the really tough names you know, and, and usually it's not me, a Gonzaga player. Meaning it's you, like, you, you, like, lean into it. You're like, I'm just – Yeah, I love it. it. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's kind of like my thing. It's fun. And uh, and then it's also fun because Richard Fox is the worst ever at it. And so, <laughs> like, it just creates a lot of, you know, comic relief when when we know that, you know, he'll start just using the first name. And then I'll look at him, and, and then we go to commercial break. I'm like, come on, Richard, here's a growth opportunity for you. Let's try <laughs> the last name. You know, so. I'm with Fox. I'm terrified around those names. And then every time I'm about to say it, I like pause for a second, which yeah. makes it worse. It draws more attention to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. If it has more consonants. If it has more yeah. consonants well, no matter, and vowels, don't even. No matter it. how many times you say it, no matter how many times you say it, you don't know if you're going to get it right on air until you say it that first time. And so it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. But there's been some doozies over the years. <laughs> Uh, there's some real doozies. I remember a kid from Wyoming named Ensanu Amadi. 
uh, and it doesn't sound anything like the way it looked. And so, uh, you know, you couldn't rely on the name on the back of the jersey because you'd screw that up. So, uh, yeah, and I, I don't know. I've always kind of enjoyed that about about calling these games are, are the names. Uh, do, are you ever consulted when it comes to uh, Dan Dickow's suits, Dan Dickow's <laughs> outfit selections? No, I'm never consulted, but we do have a lot of conversations about it. Like, I, I don't know where I even find some of them. Right, because uh -huh. Spokane's kind of a conservative place. There's not a lot of edgy stuff going on in the city. Uh, trust me, more than there was when I first moved here. But uh, so I don't know where he buys that stuff. But uh, you know, between the hair and his his suits, he's uh, I don't I forget the guy's name that uh, was it Don Cherry uh, yep. with the NFL, oh yeah right yep. yeah he's he's kind of becoming that right. So uh, I hope it I hope it continues because I think by the time he's fifty years old, we could see some some real special outfits coming out of Dan. All right, Greg, I think it's time, it's time for me to face the music. What do you think, Rob? <laughs> you about six months ago called me out on Twitter. And again, oh, thank, you, thank you for listening because I made a comment about how Greg does the, uh, the lesser profile game. <laughs> I, I may have, I may have worded it a little uh, less sensitive, something about that. The, maybe the games that nobody cares about and you rightfully so, uh, uh, corrected me in saying it's an honor to call Gonzaga basketball games, and it truly is. Uh, yeah. So for that, I I apologize for my wording. No need to. Okay. No need to apologize, Jack. What? It takes a big man to apologize, yep. Jack. Yeah. No, I pre I appreciate your apology, but you don't need to. I mean, it's. I mean, it it is what it is, Jack. Like when I first started doing these games, I did the UW games. You know, when Nate Robinson came over here and dunked them, I, when Jameer Nelson, I went to St. Joe's and called, you know, the game there. Uh, like I used to, we did the St. Mary's games every year. And it's just, it's a sign of the times. This program has evolved and it's gotten to the point now where, you know, everybody wants to do their games. And as a friend and uh, of the program and, and it's just a, it's a reflection of the success of it. So I'm, I'm happy with it. Do I wish I was still doing those bigger games? Of course. Uh, but um, as we've seen in, in college basketball over the, the, I don't know, the last decades, last uh, single decade uh, to be clear, like parody has taken over these games. And so, you know, yes, is Gonzaga going to beat Appalachian State when they comes when they come in here? Ninety nine out of a hundred times they're going to win. There's always that one, right? So you, yes, you don't yes. know, you don't know. No, until... not Appalachian State. Okay, <laughs> okay, Rob, but you know, I'll, I'll, you know I'll, I'll, I'll crush that. I'll so... crush their dream right from the get go. What about okay. Portland? Portland State just might little Kendall yeah. Portland State team. Well, they, they did. What what was that kid's name? Uh, the um, the Julius. The uh, the tight end for the for the um, Broncos. No, there there was a a kid from Portland State, a little guard that came in and got a uh, Spanish name. He had a Spanish name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was he used to come to Gonzaga's basketball camps, and so he came in here and hit like nine threes. And I remember it was uh, it was a terrible snowstorm outside, and uh -huh. so they had to hardly bus. any fans at the games. Uh -huh. and, and this is when this is when at one point a couple of weeks or just a couple of weeks earlier Gonzaga was the number four team in the nation before. Columbus. Yeah, some crazy. I think it was right off the Maui because I think Eichfeld was on that team. No, it wasn't Maui. It was after it Orlando. We went into oh, a four. Okay. We had a four or five game losing streak. So yeah. we lost. We played Portland State, but that was after. I know we lost to Utah after that game. And we UConn. It was after it was after the battle in Seattle. We played Jer UConn. Jeremiah Dominguez. That's who it Jeremiah was. Dominguez. Dominguez, and it was even a fun name to say because I remember getting beat up after that game because I got excited about him hitting all those threes. <laughs> and uh, Julius Thomas, Julius Thomas, who went on to uh, have a career in the NFL as a tight end, was also on the team. Yes. Anyway, that that being said, uh, I I apologize, so I'm I'm allowed to say this now. You do call the, all the games that Gonzaga is expected to win by 50. Yes. So was that the toughest game to call? 
the worst. I imagine so. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah worst. the worst. <laughs> they're, the they're, worst. They're, they're, they're the, the hardest ones because, Jack, too, and, and you know, it's, it's funny because I've gotten beat up over the years for, like, getting off topic, <laughs> right? And so, no. yeah, and so they're up by 40, and, and there are still, you know, some people in town that don't want us having fun. They just want us calling buckets. That is, so, that, that's a fair point. What are you supposed it, to talk about when they're up a million? It, it, yeah. Exactly. And then, you know, I've, I've had the, the privilege or the curse, however you want to look at it, to call a few games with Bill Walton over the years. And he's never on topic. Right. Right. So I don't know where the sweet spot is in all of this. I just know that when you're the, the you know, you do the hometown games and, you know, Spokane's still a fairly small city, like, they, you know, people just want to be able to sit home in their recliner, put their feet up, and allow the guys on the floor to be entertained, and they don't want an announcer yelling and screaming and all of that stuff. So, you know, I, I've had to, like when I call games for Espen or Pac-12, or I'm a little different than I am with the Gonzaga games mm-hmm. uh, these days, just because I, you know, well, first of all, it's a 40-point game, so another, you know, another Rui Hachimura dunk, you just can't keep getting crazy about it. So mm-hmm. it's been an evolution. I mean, it's, I've learned a lot. It's been an evolution. It's made me better. Uh, I, I think that, you know, doing all these games where they're up by 40, it's been an opportunity to develop skills on telling stories rather than calling action. So it's, it's, it's been all good. But, look, listen, like, <clears throat> like I just said, this would have been my 20th year doing Gonzaga games, and it's been an absolute honor. I, I love those people. Coach Few's been, um, you know, an important person in my life over the years, and, and his wife, Marcy, and families are close. And, and I've met so many great players over these years, like Rob Sacre, one of my favorites. And uh, it's just been – it's it's just there's been – there's no negativity with it at all, Jack. I, I would I would call Gonzaga playing Ferris High School the rest of my life and be fine with it and be good with it because uh, I really do love this program and I love the people around it. And I love most of all what it stands for and all of the loyalty and the dedication and the commitment by so many people to, to do this. And then, you know, I can remember early in this when I, I used to go to practice all the time, like all the time. And, and Mo was there in, in those years and Fugue turned around to me one day and he's like, Heister, what the hell are you doing here again? And I'm like, I get to hang out with, you know, these great basketball players on this great team. I get to learn a lot. Like it's, it's just, it's been one of the highlights of, of my career and my life through these years of living in Spokane. And uh, it's, I have nothing negative at all about Gonzaga and doing these games. I've loved it. I've loved every minute of it. That's an excellent segue for my next question. Okay. You, you Tom Hudson, Dennis Patchen in the octagon, who walks out? <laughs> oh, God. Who's the winner? Patchen. Oh, God. Oh, God. In the octagon. You, so, so Patchen, we, and Hudson. Do we have to wear the little tights, the little shorts? I'm thinking Greco-Roman style. You, we go. No, we go oh, just oh, even nothing. better. Yeah, like the little wedgie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take the poles yeah. up to the big hole if you know what I'm talking about. Well, so you know, Jack, I'm six six and I'm 250 pounds, and so I would probably put money on me. But you never know. You'd be the like, favorite. You, you you'd never, be the favorite. You'd be like you minus one twenty. Yeah. <laughs> you just never know. Well, Huddy's the youngest, isn't he? I think Huddy and I are the same age. Oh, are you really? Okay. Yeah, I think I think Huddy he, he might be one year younger or something, but yeah, I think we're we're all getting up there now. Okay, you and Huddy at a bar, who racks up the the biggest tab? Oh, Huddy by far. I don't drink, Jack. So, oh, uh, Huddy, yeah, no, Huddy, and, and so just to, like not to make you feel bad here, but I'm in I'm in recovery. Good job, Jack. So, Good job, yeah, buddy. I haven't had a beer in uh, I think it's it's 28 years, August 7th. <laughs> That's so perfect. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to cut that. I'm gonna have I'm gonna let our listeners cringe with me on that. <laughs> that is so perfect. No, it's okay, Jack. What a day, Jack. It's okay. It's okay. It <laughs> I didn't really know that. I, I honestly <laughs> didn't know. Is that common so, knowledge? The world is a safer place. Trust me, the world is a safer place. I did not know that. Oh, my goodness. Is that, yeah. That's a common better. knowledge deal? I love yeah. 
Yeah, I could never, I could never <laughs> run for politics. There's oh. too many skeletons. Are there some pictures oh. in your? <laughs> oh up, up boy! Your, up at the big hole. Oh, oh I'm sure. Well, that that wasn't that long ago. I was done drinking by then. But yeah, back in the day, I'm sure there's a. Thank God there was an Instagram when you were God around. damn it. I know. What Rob, like, it would have been bad. <laughs> can, you give, been bad. can you give me your uh, – I, I have a couple Iditarod questions, but while we're on the topic of Gonzaga, can you give me your – because we did this with uh, Meehan, your uh, starting five oh, uh, Zach guys, but media guys. They have to – not necessarily talent on the basketball court. Media yeah. guys, the guys that would give you the most. Oh, oh, so say that again. You, my Starting top five. Media-friendly guys, the guys you had the most fun with. Oh, well, uh, most fun with. <laughs> well, so, you know, Rob has to be in there for sure. Rob was a blast. Uh, God, I don't know, Jack. I don't want to do that question. <laughs> I, I don't I think, want to do that question because you know that like I I don't know like I I never really had issues with 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 anybody and um you know I always do those sit down interviews yeah before the season throughout the season over the years and and I just I don't ever remember a bad one uh so I, I don't know I think that they. you know Mo Mo I used to have a lot of fun with Rob I've had a lot of fun with uh. I'm trying to else, you know, if if people will laugh, if we can get them to laugh, they're the best. And and so Mo Mo and I used to laugh for a lot. Rob and I used to laugh for a lot. A little too much, I think. We maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, much. maybe, maybe. But uh, I I don't know. I think it's I can't. I don't know if I can answer that one. I think part of your appear appeal uh, as an announcer is that you're you're just kind of the every guy, right? <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious. No, it's yeah. Caring, right? Yeah, in so, many ways. Do you find it hard sometimes to uh, be an announcer and not a fan during close games? Like, for example, were you doing the uh, North Dakota game a few years ago where North Dakota should have won? Well, I'll, g- I'll give you this example. So the very first game I ever did for ESPN was Gonzaga, Nevada, at, over in Seattle. Oh, no. Nevada. Okay. Yeah. Kirk Snyder was on that team, and who was the the big post, Rob? Uh, Fazekas. Yeah, Nick Fazekas yeah, was oh. on that team, and and uh, Nevada beat Gonzaga, mm-hmm. and that was the first time in my life I had to be excited for somebody else, you know, beating them, and so it hurt. I mean it it hurt, and so um, th- that's the only time I've had an issue with it. You know what? When I do the Gonzaga games, I've tried to peel the onion back a little bit over the years just so that it wasn't so Homerville because I used to get killed for that. But, um, no, when a, when a Zag player does well or somebody's doing well, I don't, I don't have issues with getting excited about that. Now, on the flip side of that, when, you know, an opposing player goes off for 35 against Gonzaga, I'm going to get excited about a great basketball play. Yeah, sure. Right, mm-hmm. or a great shot or whatever, uh, because, I, you know, I do appreciate, uh, you know, I'm front court for these amazing players running up and down the court doing what they do. So uh, I get excited about all of it. But, no, I, I'm a fan, Nick, or Jack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right on. It, come, <laughs> it comes through. It comes through. St- I can't tell if that was a joke. Or it was. <laughs> oh, it was. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm still. I'm still sweating over the bar uh, <laughs> question over here. Don't uh, get bit did, by did a tick. Need, that's what need, you need to know from that's this. That's the biggest whole, takeaway. The biggest takeaway is ticks. Don't get. Stay away from long grass. Ticks. The biggest problem yes. facing America. Yes, 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 yes. Great. Did you, Rob, did you see Sam Dower's tweet the other day? When he, he tweeted something about, you know, when he gets older, as he's getting older, he's he's having a hard time remembering anything. Is it is it happening to anybody else? And I responded like, hey, no, Joe, it's all good. It happens to everybody. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> and he laughed and he laughed and he laughed. Oh man! Rob is a celebrated outdoorsman. How do you think he would do if he attempted the Iditarod? 
Well, the, he would do all right. The dogs wouldn't do. I mean, how, how much do you weigh, Rob? I'm 265. Yeah, see, that's, that's a slim. Se- that's a slim seven footer for the record. Yeah, yeah, no, it that. is. No, it's no, it's like body fat. That's got to be like seven percent or something. Lean, mean fighting machine, baby. Yeah. How many Iditarods? So, go ahead. Go ahead. He wouldn't do well. The dogs wouldn't do well. <laughs> How many Iditarods have you attended? Uh, so ninety-two. I think there might be twenty-five of them now. Jesus, were you up there when when the world shut down for COVID? Oh yeah, yeah. In fact, we didn't shut. We were the only sporting event on the planet that didn't quit. So tell me what your experience there was. It was the world shutting down before you went up to Alaska, or what? No. So, so Jack. So last year, you know, I also do the Arctic World Series. They call it, and it's a series of mushing events. So, in January and February, I was in Minnesota. I was in Russia. I was in Norway, uh, doing television about these events, and so the world was starting to get uncomfortable with all that time. And by the time I got home in February, I mean, I think, I think I had it. My toes blew up. I had COVID toes, never tested positive for it. But then I went out on, on the Iditarod and, you know, with all of those native communities on the trail that the race goes through, they're really uncomfortable because of the different diseases over the last hundreds of years that have been brought into their villages. And so they were, they were starting to slow down or shut down. And so we wouldn't be able to go into their villages and stuff with the race. So it was interesting. And by the time we got to the finish line, nobody was allowed in Nome. They weren't allowing planes in. They're only allowing planes to come in and get people to get them out of there. So it was a frantic finish uh, to the event. The, the champion from Norway, Thomas Werner was actually stuck in Alaska for, I want to say four months, couldn't get home. And his sponsor, yeah, yeah. yeah Ocker Bio Marine, actually bought an airplane in Alaska, put him on it, and flew him home, home finally. So yeah. it, was, it was crazy. Um, what does a dog go for? Like, what are they selling for? I, yeah. I, oh, oh, oh. When you said go, I, thought, I believe the word is mush, Rob. That's how they uh, No, no, no. <laughs> I got the whole mushing. I know. I didn't, call, I didn't know it was called mush. Like, yeah. Everything. Yeah. And, and G means right, ha means left, G and ha. Ha! But uh, ha. It, what, like, what are they, well, they sell stud services, Rob. That's what I'm saying. What does yeah, a puppy go so for? It all depends on, you know, if it's a leader that's won a race, you know, you might get five or six grand. Um, a lot of them are a couple grand, I just think. For oh, the stud, just for the stud fee? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then you can buy puppies, too. I mean, they do sell dogs, and so... You know, the, it's just going to depend on, on the success of the animal and, and what they think about it. But. Are they all males, females, mixed? Both. Yeah, both. Oh, wow. But, uh, yeah, the, the idea of dog guys is uh, the greatest athlete on this planet. They'll run 130 or 140 miles a day. They'll eat 10,000 calories, and they'll get up. And, like, the only thing that, that holds them back is the human. The human can't do it that long. Those animals are crazy. And, and so ten, genetically ten- – Ten thousand calories? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they they need their food, Jack. How much like, do they they weigh? Like what? A hundred pounds, maybe? Uh, some like the, the some of the really good ones are thirty five and forty pounds. Jesus Christ! Ten thousand yeah. calories is outrageous. Yeah, no, and uh, you know, and so you got to constantly stop them and snack them and and all of that. But these dogs have genetically evolved literally for thousands of years. You know, so when you go back thousands of years and, and a lot of their genetics come from the native villages along the Yukon River or the Bering Sea coast. So back then they didn't have dog food. So they would stake their dogs and they were work dogs. They would stake them to the banks of the Yukon and they would feed the dogs, you know, when they had extra fish or whatever, they would feed it. And so it became the survival of the fittest. And some of the dogs didn't survive that because they didn't have enough food to feed them all. So uh, genetically these things have evolved. These are the toughest critters creatures that you know i've ever been around and the the iditarod muster too the ones that are really good at it these these people are cut from a different cloth as well so i've seen uh, balto i get it (laughs) i totally get it it's not balto though is it not balto balto so balto i just watched a movie about this now was it was it Balto? balto was the what was the movie called it's on uh disney plus Togo, 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 yes, Togo. Is he Togo. the most famous Iditarod dog? 
Well, not neither one of them ran in the Iditarod, uh, but they were part of that 1925 Serum Run. You know, there's a monument in in uh, what's the big park in New York City? Uh, there's a monument to Balto Central, there. Central Park. But it, it's supposed Central to be park. Togo that got the the. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and that movie's kind of sh shown the light on this. You know, Balta was the the one that got all the pub, but I think in the end it was Togo that was the most important dog. Justice for Togo. Yeah, yeah. that is outrageous. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your your thoughts on the uh, Cuba Gooding Junior vehicle, eight below? Oh my goodness. <laughs> there's that one. Saw it, there's a there's a Paul Walker movie about about sled dogs that i that one's more serious i think the cuba one is is a cut up oh yeah and i never saw it i'm not a big movie guy jack that for you're the gonna, record you're gonna get a lot of dead air if you start asking me about movies for the record greg and rob that's three consecutive episodes we've brought up cuba getting junior <laughs> why by the, by the way last night i watched the yeah. first 20 minutes of uh the awful movie he did that's said in spokane oh you know what i'm talking oh, about yeah. I remember when he was here for that. Yeah, oh. the, whole, the whole thing is on GU's campus. It's pretty crazy. Ah. So I recommend watching like the first 15, 20 minutes. Then you get it. Then you, you, can, you can shut it down. Cuba Gooding Jr. Anyway, we're getting a little <laughs> off track here. We're getting off the uh, Iditarod trail. <laughs> Greg, good. Greg Heister, your expectations for this season. This season is a failure if. If we don't play. Right. Very political. Agreed. I like it. <laughs> I like Agreed. It. No, it's, it, you know, because listen, I, I still don't have, I still don't have all this confidence that, that this is all going to get pulled off. I, I, I just don't. I mean, I, I hope, I hope to God that it, that it does, but I mean, look what happened with Notre Dame. I mean, it's, and, you know, if, if one person on the team gets it, the way they have to shut down these teams and, you know, if they're, if they're talking about another spike in this winter and if that turns out to be reality, I, I don't know, Jack. But, I, listen, I, I think that, you know, I mean, this team's built for the Final Four. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know what I mean? There's just no way around that. He, uh, it's, it's built for that. So I know it's going to be young, uh, but – you know, I, I just think that the the young guys they have coming in, like in college basketball anymore, like they're just not freshmen anymore. I mean, you especially the way they're going to build this schedule where they're going to have all of these, you know, high-end games before Christmas. By January, I think that all these young players that are coming in are going to be seasoned, ready to go. So I, I, it's a it's a Final Four caliber team. There you have it. I think that's a fair answer. I think we're at the level now where you can say, I'll be a little disappointed if we don't reach the final weekend. Yeah, because, like, you, you hate – and that, that was the one thing that used to bother me all the time about the criticism Mark View that he couldn't, you know, couldn't win the big, big one or whatever, however they used to phrase it. And I'm like, well, you, you really don't understand how many big games they've won over the years. And if you're talking about the Final Four, really up until – the team that went to the final four, you have to honestly look back and say how many of those teams truly had the firepower to get to the final four. Mm -hmm. Not many. Mm -hmm. I mean, not many. Yeah. So if, if they would have gotten to the final four, it would have even most team. I mean, I mean, it's, you know, Rob, you can talk about that better than anybody. Those teams that get to the final four now, like they're, 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 different beasts uh sometimes it's luck though yeah but still luck of like the draw with that that i mean i don't want to discredit where you know i don't want to discredit some teams but if you get let's say byu we play byu in denver oh, now yeah. granted that was damn near a home game for him i can't make excuses we lost yeah but, sure. but at the same time, you have these opportunities to have the turn. And that's what was so frustrating about last season. We had Spokane for the first round. And I know we shouldn't talk about the past, but when you have the tournament and it's in your back door or back in the back, you know, in your backyard, yeah. you, you really got to take advantage of that opportunity. And I think a lot of teams usually do that. And that's what pushes them to the final four. I don't know. I, yeah. I, it really I, I makes know. a difference, man. 
I think I think that there's there's obviously luck involved, but I think by the time you you get you get to the elite eight, you're and and look, nobody will ever say this out loud, but I will. Um, you get to the final four, you've probably already beat a program or two. They're cheating. One hundred percent. Right. Yeah. One hundred percent. So Gonzaga's, you know, not that. And so for them to get to the final four, like it takes, <laughs> you know, it, it's it, until we, you know, now we've got the, the talent at a level where I think as long as it continues, I mean, I think it's going to be in the discussion all the time, but you know, there was a long time there where people were th- saying, this is, this is final four, this is final four. And I, and I was like, come on, man. Like they're, it's not to get easy. there. You, you got yeah. Like it's it's uh, and it's, it's not uh, and and people don't realize like it's one game, and you could and like you you try to you try to not get stirred up and ready to go at eleven o'clock at night because you're thinking about the game the night like the next day you're like I can't wait for this game I can't wait like how do I settle down? Because that's all you're thinking about. And it's only one game and you don't, and the future is so unknown after that game, you know? So it's just, I don't think people realize the whole, the whole, I don't know, energy about it. There's so much energy within the tournament that you can't describe. And if, and then, like you said, if a team is rolling, the energy just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, yeah, there's there's just so many dynamics at play, and uh, it takes talent, and it just you know, at the, I think with all sports, Jack, like you know, I'm watching you know a lot of the NBA games, and I'm sorry, there aren't two better players in the world right now than LeBron and AD, and you know, I just don't, I think they're going to be hard to beat because they they're that much better than others, and so. Uh, by the time you whittle that, you know, top 65 or 64 down to the top eight, you are in there with some legit athletes. And most of them, most of those schools have been doing it the wrong way by the time they get there. So I'll see, I don't you, know. Le- I'll see you a LeBron and I'll raise you a Tyler Hero. <laughs> he's good, isn't he? He's <laughs> oh phenomenal to watch. Yeah, he's a blast. Uh, anyway, Greg, thank you so much for your time. Um, before we go, you alluded to it. How often does uh, Coach Few talk to you about the programs that are cheating? <laughs> well, we we've had we've had a few passing conversations about it over the years, just simply because uh, you know he'll make some remark. But I mean, look, coaches know. I mean, there isn't a coach in this country who doesn't know. Uh, the, Dude, that, oh, 100%. Yeah, the wranglings, open, right? Open because, secrets. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll be on a kid, and then all of a sudden the kid will disappear, and, and it'll go somewhere out of the blue, and they'll know exactly what happens. So, uh, Coaches know, and, players know. We yeah, all know. For sure, right? <laughs> yeah. Rob, Rob turned down millions from all kinds of big-time schools. He talks about <laughs> it all the time. Not on here. Yeah, well. Who should we just throw under the bus right now? Just say, yeah. oh, they did this to me. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's uh, it's part of it, I guess. I guess that's what they're telling us too, with the fact that they haven't done anything with Arizona and the others that have been, you know, tangled up in this this most recent cheating scandal. Like they haven't done anything with them yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So maybe maybe the future is that it's going to be okay. Yeah, I don't know. There's market. a lot of uncertainty right now with just college yeah. sports in general. I don't – the last thing they're looking into, I think, are who's cheating right now. They're trying to just get sports going. Yeah. So. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. I could, go another, I could go another hour, but I don't want to embarrass myself. Jack, where are you? Further. I'm in San Francisco. Can't you tell, by, you? Can't you tell by this curtain here? That's yeah. Why do you Why do you live in San Francisco? Oh, I've been asking him that question for a long time. I'm from down here. I'm from yeah. San County. Uh, okay. So family and friends and stuff. Um, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. This is this is just home for me. Yeah. And Rob, you're in you're in Smoke Vegas here. Smoke Vegas. Don't disrespect my home. <laughs> well, I read that I read that term the other day. I thought it was good. It was Smokan. Oh, uh, it was I've good when it was smoky. 
Yeah. I've I've heard smoke can before, but yeah. it wasn't yeah. because of the forest fires. Hey. <laughs> Shout out Big Nate. Uh, Greg, we thank you for your time. Uh yeah. before we get too political and I put my foot in my mouth once again, I think Rob's got something to uh you got something? Oh yeah. Yeah. What do you got, Rob? Those who flow as life flows know they need no other force. From the corner, and it's over! Gonzaga, the flipper still fits! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.